0: Great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been. Made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. That is First John chapter three, verses one through two. And welcome back to another edition of Bridge Radio, coming at you at the, from the great state of Texas. Texas, and today we have another great episode for you. I'm your host as always, Julio Mad Rodriguez, and you just heard the AW Varilla.
1: Yes. Hello, everybody.
0: And we have. The Boss Lady is on today. The Boss Lady
2: the is boss on. The Boss Lady is on. <laughs> <But> hey, boys. <laughs> Leanne
0: Dent Hartog, the Boss's wife. And uh, today's topic is going to be uh, very good, a new, new topic we're going to yes. be uh, talking about today uh, with a first-time guest. He is the author of Finding Grace in the Face of Dementia, published by Crossway. And uh, when people are diagnosed with dementia, it impacts everyone around them. It can be devastating to watch loved ones lose their independence, personality, and ability that once defined them, knowing that there is no cure. Um, Our question today is going to be, how should we respond as Christians to uh, dementia? And I know personally... Um I have a grandmother who, who's currently dealing with dementia, mm-hmm. and I know Leanne, your mother as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but h- how have you enjoyed the uh, uh, the book so far?
2: Well, I've been reading this book since 2017, mm-hmm. and uh, my friend made made this uh, book made me aware of this book. and so um, this book has been a lifeline and and I think your intro says it exactly for those who don't know, mm-hmm. They don't have hope, and I feel like it changed completely how I walked in to this situation and how I deal with the hard times with my mom, mm. because I have hope, and uh, there is such great grace in the body of Christ.
1: Yeah, I, I think Leanna, um, this book. You've been since I've been coming here at the a bookstore. Uh, you've talked about this book a lot and has shared a, a lot in this book, which is really encouraging. Yep. Um, so I'm excited to, to, to just hear uh, the author and uh, interacting Excites. with everything because this is a great verse to start off with. Mm-hmm. We know that everything on this earth is temporary, mm-hmm. and there is going to be a time where we will have a glorified body, and none of this is going to matter. Mm-hmm. It's a, a little blip in time, but it's going to be encouraging to have discussion while. People are going through this, like right now, mm-hmm. and how this book uh, has helped you and uh, and with you and your mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how it's going to help other people And how as it's well. going to help other people.
2: And I think, you know, if you're listening and you're going, well, dementia doesn't affect me, don't know anybody with it. Uh, this is so much bigger. This yeah. is such mm-hmm. a timely, the, the things that we're going to glean from this book have to do with life as a Christian every day, whether mm-hmm. you know someone with dementia or not. It is, it's a life-changing book. Wow. Amen.
0: Wow. Amen. Well, before we get into the interview, I just want to ask people to please subscribe to Bridge Radio. We're across all the major podcast platforms. You can also tune in via our Bridge app. It's found on iOS, Android, Windows on the App Store. Mm. Just type in Bridge Ministries, and you'll find our name, slogan, which is Coffee and Good News. And you could find a lot of theological goodness on there as well. And uh, if you would also like to support Bridge Ministries, please visit our website at www org, and uh, please prayerfully consider supporting us on a monthly or a one-time uh, donation, mm. as this really allows us to continue what we do here as a ministry.
1: And all the exciting things that we have upcoming within the ministry, uh, Well, as everything starts rolling out here, but there's some ex- exciting things, and, and again, we want to thank our worldwide listeners. Thank you for everything that you guys are doing, our international and our uh, domestic uh, listeners here in mm. the United yeah. States. We yeah. really appreci- appreciate everything that you do. Um, and, and, and yeah, how exciting.
0: We are. Are we ready to kick off this interview? Let's go ahead and do it. Let's do it. Dr. John Dunlop practices medicine in Zion, Illinois, and serves as an adjunct professor at Trinity International University. He is board certified in geriatrics, holds a master's degree in bioethics, and is a fellow of the Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity. He is also the author of Finishing Well to the Glory of God and Wellness for the Glory of God. Today we will be talking about his book, Finding Grace in the Face of Dementia, and thank you very much for joining us for the first time on Bridge Radio, Dr. John Dunlop.
3: My privilege.
2: Thank you so much. Yeah, I have been reading your book not just as something for book review purposes. Um, It has been an integral part of my life for the past three years, Um, and so I'm so thankful you're on. And um, I just want to thank you for writing this, first of all, and... One of the best parts of your book, it's very medical, but I also like that you address so much the spiritual aspect of both the patient and the caregiver and how you end every chapter with a prayer, and those were such a gift. Um, but I want to start right in on your chapter one, entitled God and Dementia. And you wrote, I, have, I hate dementia. When I saw it developing in both of my parents, it was hard to see these beautiful, loving people incapacitated by the changes in their minds, even though their dementias were not the worst cases I have known, not by far. Would you mind sharing with the listeners, you know, this, this uh, journey that you've walked on, not only with your parents, but also in your medical profession, and maybe, you know, how this came to writing this book?
3: Sure. My I was raised in a wonderful, strong Christian home. Uh, Dad was a businessman, but he was on multiple mission boards and active in the Lord's work around the world. Uh, Mom was just a wonderful stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. It's from that generation, Mm -hmm. and uh, they taught me early the 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 stories of Jesus, the stories of the Bible, and then in their later years uh, dad developed a form of dementia called vascular dementia which comes from multiple strokes
4: Mm -hmm.
3: and uh, mom developed uh alzheimer's Mm -hmm. many people confuse alzheimer's and dementia uh, because alzheimer's is the most common form of dementia but she indeed had that dad died of his cancer before he died of the dementia, but mother went through the whole course, and it was so sad to just mm. see her deteriorate mentally, emotionally, just not the mother that I had known. Mm. Now, during those seniors years, I, I had been practicing geriatrics, uh, really since I finished medical school in the early 70s, and uh, was dealing a lot with dementia. And I had done a, a degree, as you'd mentioned, at Trinity in bioethics, and I began to really answer the question: You know, God is sovereign. God is in control. He everything that happens; it's not a mistake. Mm-hmm. He's got his purposes. But what are those purposes? <laughs> I mm-hmm. remember when I was in doing my graduate work, I. Decided to write a paper on God's purpose in dementia. Hmm. I saw your friend. He said, Well, John, what are you going to say? And I said, I don't know, but it's going to be short. (laughs) (laughs) And then it became a whole book. And uh, that was a surprise.
2: But not to God. (laughs) Right. He knew. Yeah. The thing that I thought too that's really helped me is not, like I said, it's very medical. And that was very helpful when you're dropped into this and you have things that, like you said, the differences in different dementias and Alzheimer's and things to check out. And uh, we had a very perfect example this week in Julio's own life with Mm -hmm. his grandmother about, I'll let him share what happened this week.
0: Yeah. um, So my grandmother has been struggling with Alzheimer's at least for the last four or five years, and it's been progressing. And... uh, I have always seen her ever since all the majority of this started as being very quiet, um, soft-spoken. And uh, recently here, uh, she had had a, a heart attack, unfortunately, but also there was something fortunate behind it because when they started looking at her heart, they noticed there was some things going on. And I don't know the details, but just to make a long story short, she ended up getting a stint in and also they did something to her heart and um, and I just noticed within and this just happened like two days ago and she gets back to the house and she is just talking like non-stop um, it's like a night and day difference and I'm sitting back and my family's sitting back and just kind of looking at each other and going wow that is interesting how there's just a subtle ch- just a massive change in a couple in a, in a day and also mm-hmm. with a certain procedure on her heart and, uh, and I, I think just giving this testimony out, I, I hope that would be a help for for some people in, in, in getting their, uh the, the individual who's struggling with Alzheimer's checked out mm-hmm. um, it's, it, it, it's it's a drastic change drastic
3: yes you know Moses said the life of the flesh is in the blood mm-hmm. well the life of the brain is in the blood too mm-hmm. <laughs> yes you do something to improve the circulation you can improve the brain mm-hmm
2: yeah. And the other thing that I found really helpful is that once with my mother was officially diagnosed with Alzheimer's is um, dealing with, you know, the, all the emotions. And that's where I feel like this book can be applied to everyone. I, I have recommended, I said, if you are mm-hmm. in the nursing doctoring field in any way, I feel like everyone should read this book. Um, and especially Chapter Five, when you said, "How does it feel to have dementia?" Um, and you describe compassion in a fuller way than I have heard before. And would you would you share with us a little bit more about that? Because that made a huge difference for me in being able to relate to my mom.
3: Yeah, of course. Compassion is a compound word, come meaning along with, and passion feeling. Mm-hmm. So, to have compassion, we have to be able to feel with the person. We have to kind of step into their shoes, step into their life, and be able to see things the way they see them. And with dementia, sure not the way we may see them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in one sense, that's what Jesus did when he came to earth. He came to earth uh, to die on the cross for us. But he also came to feel what it was like to live as a human being on Earth. Not that as God he needed to do that, but he did enter into our situation and could increase his level of understanding, perhaps, Mm -hmm. of how we go through life in this world.
2: Yeah, I think that really helped, because I know, too, some of the training videos I would watch that when you actually understand some of the fears they're having, or don't try to just fix it, but, you know, like you said, walk alongside them and say, I understand those feelings, um, it made such a difference. Um, oh. Instead of it being a battle, now I'm side of her saying, I know this is hard. Um, yeah.
3: You know, I can't imagine what it must be like. I mean, I'm... I'm waking up in the morning, and you know, I have a full bladder, and I feel I need to to get to the bathroom, but I'm not quite sure where the bathroom is. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, then someone comes in who claims to be my daughter, but I don't really recognize her. Mm
4: -hmm. And
3: she helps me get up, and then I make a mess on the floor, and you know it must be so distressing Mm -hmm. to live with that level of confusion
2: yeah but that's
3: what they do Mm -hmm.
2: i know too you shared a lot of stories kind of piece by piece throughout your book and um you had the one about the pastor and again some of those feelings that he was feeling um I, i think it was pastor davis and some of those feelings too that we have in our relationship with god and how that changes and uh You wrote, um, he said, Now I discovered the cruelest blow of all. This personal and tender relationship that I had with the Lord was no longer there. This time of love and worship was removed. There was no longer any feelings of peace and joy. But that was not the end of the story, he continues. By sheer stubborn faith, I knew that God was there and that Christ was my Savior. However, the feelings that I had enjoyed all my life were gone. Later he recounts how the Lord did answer his prayer. One night he seemed to hear the Lord's voice say, take my peace, stop your struggling, it is all right. This is all in keeping with my will for your life. I now release you from the heavy yoke of pastoring that I placed upon you. Relax and stop struggling in your desperate search for answers. I will hold you, lie back in your shepherd's arms and take my peace.
3: Isn't that beautiful? You know, that, that's a, that's a, Robert Davis mm-hmm. wrote uh, yeah. My Journey Through Alzheimer's. That's an excellent book.
2: That's one thing I do appreciate, too, in your book, is that you have so many suggestions um, at the end, and you give a one- or two-sentence summary on all these different topics. So, again, when people are in crisis mode and they're needing resources, you've got some really solid things there. Um, that, again, are very helpful. Um, the other thing that the chapter I probably marked up almost the most was chapter 8. Um, how can we honor God through dementia? And I think, you know, this is something that today is so timely um, because of the, the prosperity gospels and all the things that are, you know, well, if God really loves me, I'm not going to suffer. Yeah. And that's been in the forefront here, I think, even with our ministry um, and sharing the gospel truth. Um, so can you share some of those, those things that, you know, like you said, I think were instilled from your parents, but you've learned about how can we honor God through dementia?
3: Yeah, that really is the heart of my book and the heart of my burden and wanting to write it.
2: I think we start
3: by valuing what God values. You know, even as Christians, we have pretty messed up values. <laughs> Uh, You know, we we look at our lives and somehow we think because we have good brains, because we have intellects, because we're able to accomplish things, somehow that makes us valuable. Mm
4: -hmm. You
3: know, God looks at us, he's not impressed with my intelligence, he's not impressed with things I do, God's impressed with me because I'm made in His image, and mm-hmm. I'm redeemed by Christ, mm-hmm. and I'm His loved child.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And you know, to 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 begin to view people the way God views them, to value them the way God values them, is so critical.
2: Yeah, I found that too. Um... The the staff where my mom is is, um, living, they've invited me to be able to speak to them, and that's one of those things I want to share. Because, yeah, it's hard. But, again, I see this as being applied daily, no matter what your job is, Um, that we truly value people, not on production. Um, I grew up with, I have an older brother with special needs, and so I still remember someone in church coming up to my dad and saying, oh, you must be really proud of Leanne for something I'd done. And my dad said, I'm proud of all my kids. You know, my brother was standing there. Mm. And I think that's the point, like you just said, that we are created in the image of God. The value is there because he says it's there. Yeah. And um, I know too, when I shared with some people what what my mom was going through, they were like, oh, you gotta pray for her to be healed. You know, our value is that we're able to do things for the Lord. And I looked at them and I said, no. That's not where our value is, hmm. you know, it's it's uh, and, and but, you know, well-intending people sometimes, um, you know, kind of step on our hearts. Yeah, <laughs> you got
3: it. You got it. Very good.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think another way we really
3: can honor people is just simply spending time with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've heard people say, well, there's no point in going to see grandma because she won't remember it anyway. Well, yeah. That's exactly why we should see them, because, mm-hmm. yes, they may not remember the past, but they remember, they, they live in the present, and they will enjoy that visit while you're there.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, even though they forget it, that certainly doesn't mean you've wasted your time.
2: No. Yeah. I think, too, it's it's a skill to be taught. And I remember, you know, sometimes when I was younger, I wouldn't want to go two difficult situations that made me feel uncomfortable but I think again this is something that we train our kids Um, we had a neighbor who suffered several strokes she was I want to say in her 90s um, lost the ability to speak but you know we taught our kids okay we're gonna bring things to do you can read her books you can show her your school papers you know you plan ahead and I, know, I remember reading too about a, a, a respite group for um, parents with special need kids. And a, a Jewish man got up in front of the crowd and he started yelling, Where is the perfection in my son? Where is the perfection in my son? You know, because for a Jew, that's where you see God's blessing. And then he shared a story of how these young boys were so kind to his son and he said, That's the perfection. And I think too, Like you said, it's not wasted. If we are loving someone in the name of Jesus Christ, even though it may be awkward or painful at times, Mm. it is not wasted because we're doing it for our Lord.
3: Yeah. Amen. Amen.
2: I think the
3: other way I would mention that we can really honor people with dementia is trying to evaluate their abilities day by day. Mm and allow them to make as many decisions as they can yes yeah uh, uh i don't know if you have 31 flavor ice creams down <laughs> in texas but uh you know if, if you're taking someone out for ice cream you don't say which of the 31 flavors do you want mm. you now no, your favorite flavor to strawberry and cookie dough right now which of those would you like yeah you <laughs> know, we need to taper our our requests to their ability at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, we 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 want to be careful because it's so easy. I know I learned the the, the lesson the hard way with my mom. I, I would say, "Well, mom, what did you do today?" Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. mom would be able to answer me.
4: Yeah,
3: and I very quickly learned to say, "Mom, did you enjoy what you did today?"
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And she would say, "Oh, it was a wonderful day." Mm-hmm. No, she wouldn't remember what she did. Mm-hmm. But she felt good about giving me that answer. Yeah, mm. And asking her what she did would only end up embarrassing her. Yeah. Mm.
2: That is huge. And that is one of those things that I, I'm kind of almost jumping ahead, but I, I, I wish nursing homes, assisted living centers, churches, you know, I, I think I'm going to write a manual for my mom's room. Because, yeah, I've been there. When her friends come up and say, Jane, what have you been up to lately? you know and so my mom has to make something up you know she Uh she talks about stuff she would have done in the past um which obviously she's not doing now um but again trying to make up for that and i think that is huge to think ahead when you go to visit you know how are you going to ask questions or again bring something yeah um but yeah jumping ahead to uh, chapter 10, you talked about meeting the needs of those with dementia. And again, you talk about, you know, all of their needs, socially, emotionally, um, but also the spiritual needs. What are what are some concrete ways people can, you know, meet their needs when, they're, when they are going to visit, you know, their loved ones or if they are, you know, daily in their home? You
3: no, know, I think one of the key things is to just keep talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Talk to them about heaven. Just reinforce those basic things. Go over and over the good news of Jesus and his salvation. Tell them over and over again that, yes, you've been a sinner, but Jesus died for your sin, Mm -hmm. and you have trusted him. You have accepted him as your savior, and he is now going to take you to heaven. And just the more we repeat those basic uh, truths, uh, the the more they're going to help. They're going to sink in uh, to their thinking, and that's so critical. Mm.
2: I found it, need to read,
3: go ahead. Yeah, no, sorry. we yeah. need to read scripture. Now, early in dementia, we can sit down and read them a chapter of the Bible. Uh, later on, we may just. uh Uh, read them a single verse Mm -hmm. and finally we might just say God loves you Mm.
2: I know that was really comforting to me in the beginning when my mom was super angry um, was placed in the assisted living center and um, it's just one of those things that I look forward to now when I go to visit her is that we do talk about those things and it was such a good reminder of what's really important and I like what you said in the book too that we should be doing it now And that's just part of what we do as a ministry is we want people to be having devotions and talking about the lord now so like you said in your book we're prepared for when these things happen and they're just a part of us and i know for my mom that has been some of the greatest joy um you know we're driving there and i said to my husband like we you know the day before we weren't able to have devotions i said i so want to have devotions with mom Hmm. and i walked in and her bible was open And there was a devotional there. And I said, oh, Mom, I said, I'm so happy. I wanted to share devotions with you. And so we read one. And then she said, can I read you one? And so she read the last one from Oswald Chambers, which is called Yesterday. And it was so apropos. (laughs) But it was just so good. And the fact that that's those things that when I can see she's getting agitated, we talk about, you know, you, you divert. And so we're like, oh, isn't it so cool that, you know. When we're on the new Earth, that you know probably those chickadees and all those birds that you love, that will, you know they'll come sit in your hand. Um, we talk about the future, and again that we'll see Dad and, and other loved ones. And so it's such a blessing and, and such a sweet time that again, it's focused on the cross and Jesus and what He has promised us.
3: One thing that I learned with my dad was if I would uh, start quoting a built Bible verse. From from the King James version, mm-hmm. uh, Dad could finish it. Yeah. So I say, Dad, for God so loved, and He says the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. and Dad would pause and smile.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Would do the same with my mom, but my mom was my l- mom was a real singer, and uh, even though I think when I, I was teenager she asked me to stop singing <laughs> it so horrible i would start singing one of her favorite songs and i'd just start two 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 couple lines or couple words of a line and she would just follow right through mm-hmm. and that would mean so much to her mm-hmm. you know we have we have many kinds of memories and we have our short term and our long term memory but many of us don't realize that we emotional memories are stored in a different spot of the brain hmm. than these other memories, and, and people remember emotions more than they remember what went on. Hmm. So when I see a patient with dementia, uh, I'm very conscious that they're not going to remember anything, anything I said. I'll say it directly to them, I'll look them in the eye and tell them exactly what they need to know hmm. But really, I'm addressing the person who's with them, though mm. so I seem to be talking to them. Right. But they won't remember that. But they will remember that I gave them a hug. Mm-hmm. They'll remember that we laughed some during the visit. Mm. And they will look back on the, that visit with some pleasure. Uh, and, and I think that's important. So we have to build these emotional memories when we visit
4: mm. folks
3: as, as well. And the spiritual and emotional can feed in on each other.
2: Mm -hmm. I think, too, reading your book, again, that there's this joy that comes from the Lord in these small moments. um, And that, again, even if they don't remember them, but actually have some fun with that. I know uh, when I live in Texas, my mom's up north, and... So when I go in, even though I've told her I'm coming, obviously she doesn't remember. So I come in, and it's a huge surprise, and she squeals and yells and hugs me and introduces me <laughs> to everybody, and then the next day we do that again. <laughs> so, but you know, enjoy it. Enjoy, and I, I couldn't help but think, you know, this is like the best welcoming ever. You mm. know, just enjoy it. Um, and and getting to know the other residents and how much fun we have with them and and like I've told some of the staff, you get to practice your manners. It's new, huh. Just you're practicing your manners. Yeah. Um, same thing we do when we're younger. So.
3: <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember a, a woman I saw. She would spent her whole life in Angola as a missionary, and uh, then she was progressively demented. Was in the nursing home, and I would go always to see her on Wednesday nights. And she would invariably have a group of four or five of her fellow residents around her, and she'd be telling stories of of Africa. And I can still picture her slapping her thigh as she gets to the punchline, and everybody's <laughs> laughing uh-huh. and just enjoying themselves. And then it wasn't too long I realized she only had three stories.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you just have to laugh and go with it because, yeah, it's just... And, and I look forward to that. It's, it's almost kind of stress relief because then I only have to remember a few things when I'm there. So okay. <laughs> um, I thought it was interesting in your Chapter 11, What Should the Church Do? And I also, um, we get World Magazine, and you were quoted a couple different times in World Magazine, the June 8, 2019 issue called Dread Diagnosis, How Christians can help dementia patients and their families. Um, That was the front cover. Um, But I thought it was interesting in your book when you talked about first what churches could be doing, and the two first things you listed were establish Christians firmly in the practices of their faith and proactively teach a theology of suffering. Can you expand on that?
3: Yeah, well, the practice of faith is kind of what we've been talking about, just mm-hmm. getting into the Word and praying and developing those disciplines. And uh, the theology of suffering, I mean, you talked before about the kind of health and wealth gospel. Boy, you know, you know even our churches that don't embrace that, you know, sometimes we're pretty celebratory, uh, and, and we don't really confront the difficult things of life. Mm. And you know, I love to hear a sermon uh, about how Christians suffer. Yeah, because it's 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 tough, and and I've seen so many people over the years who who kind of renounce their faith, walk away from from the Lord because they're not prepared to trust a God who allows difficult things,
4: mm.
3: and don't realize that he has purposes which go beyond and that our our suffering our times of difficulty can draw us closer to the lord and make us more dependent on him and not drive us away from him mm. so it, that's that's important and i think the other equally important thing is our churches need to cultivate a culture of serving of going out and uh, helping those who, who are, are suffering,
4: mm-hmm.
3: whether it's people with dementia, more often it's their caregivers, we just need the, the Church to, to, to develop that desire in people to serve.
2: Mm-hmm. It's been interesting living here in a border town, too. Um, yeah, I feel like that's so lacking. I know here I've had several people come in and talk about, you know, hard situations they're going through. Um, and here sometimes we don't have the structures we had, maybe in some of the churches I'm used to from up north, but um, deacons and elders that would come and, and pray. And, um, yeah, that you know, and again, we can delegate things out, but uh, we shouldn't have to reinvent the wheel. God, you know, Jesus said to be doing this, um, but it's been interesting even with my mom um, talking to people and saying this is what the church is supposed to do huh. um, and i think it's good to speak up because i know then shortly after they did sermons on this at the church and the church really did step up but i think so many times today people think it's the government's job and so that's what i was told several times um like for my brother who doesn't drive he re- he was riding his bike a total of four hours to go visit my mom and yeah and so saying I you know people need to give him a ride and their solution was well doesn't the government give bus passes to people who are you know so um sometimes yeah we we really knew need to educate and love that we need to be stepping up in many many areas um and to come alongside and put in
3: a plea here the the ones who i think Often really do suffer from dementia, not the victim, it's the caregiver.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: and I, I think dementia can be a whole lot harder to watch than it can be sometimes to experience.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: At least after the early stage of dementia, as you begin to be conscious of your deficits, uh, that's that's really hard, mm-hmm. and people need support. But later on in dementia, people aren't really grieving their their losses. It's the caregiver who suffers so much.
2: That's what I did appreciate about your book, because the prayers at the end, sometimes I felt like the prayer could be given by the patient or the caregiver. (laughs) Um, And that's the one thing, too. I think I was becoming more compassionate because at first, obviously, I want my mom to be well taken care of. But it is so hard, and so I want them to be equipped. And I think, too, when we don't feel good about ourselves, and then you have a dementia patient who calls them names, um, you know, we can react uh, out of hurt. Hmm. And so that's why I think this book is so important, again, that if I want the caregivers to know what their value is. So regardless of how they get treated that day verbally, by you know one of the the residents i want them to th- not take that personally right. and, and i think again that's across the board whether you're a teacher or whatever you do because yeah that's just life on mm-hmm. this side of heaven
3: and, and one of the sad things i see over and over again with dementia is the, the people with dementia will often have their social behavior that is when they're with outsiders they're just warm and loving Mm -hmm. and kind and and they unload on the person they're most dependent on Mm
4: -hmm. uh
3: you know we saw that with my 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 wife my mother-in-law she had moderate dementia before she died (laughs) mother would treat me like a king she would just get so mad at my wife. Yeah, I know, yeah. And Darcy would
2: get so, so upset. Yeah, well, and then again, you have to use that. So it's like my brother could do no wrong, so he'd be the one we'd have do certain things because, yeah, especially when we had to move my mom from the hospital, from rehab, into the assisted living center, you know, we were, yeah, we were not the favored ones. So we had to use <laughs> my brother to be the liaison of, uh, yeah. So that's hard. But, yeah. Yep.
3: <laughs> that just the over and over again. Your heart just goes out to the caregivers. You have, mm-hmm. to, have to endure that. It just makes it tough.
2: Mm-hmm. Another thing I found unique in your book is um, you talked about the prayer life. And um, two weeks before my mom's dementia just hit the fan because due to um, uh, having double pneumonia and respiratory failure, um I had started a new prayer journal, and uh, I just poured out. But it was interesting, everything you wrote in your book that you considered prayer. You said lamenting, requesting, worship, thanksgiving, love, trust, hope. And I think that's the thing, too. You talked about the gift of prayer and the prayers you have at every chapter. but just to be so fully relying on God through this process, but being totally open with Him. I just, that was very encouraging.
3: You know, I would just underscore, you know, I think all those aspects of prayer are, are critical, but the one that we often forget is, is the, the lamenting. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's okay. I mean, I, I love Psalm 57 too. There, the psalmist says, I cry out to God Most High, mm. to God who fulfills His purpose for me. mean, mm-hmm. yes, we recognize that God has purpose, that God is sovereign, that He's in control, that He's accomplishing His perfect will, but that doesn't for a minute mean we can't cry out
4: mm-hmm.
3: and be, be desperate before God and say, Lord, I'm miserable. Yeah. You know, this is too much. Mm. Yeah. Lord, be merciful to me. I need your help. Mm -hmm. And uh,
2: that's okay. Mm -hmm.
3: That's good. He encourages us to cry out to him.
2: You had a quote from Billy Graham that said, Mountaintops are for views and inspiration, but fruit is grown in the valleys. It's like, I want to get that in art and put it up at my mom's. It's a living center. <laughs> okay. I'm not a tattoo person. I'm never going to get one, but that'd be a good tattoo. But yeah, I was like, <laughs> I just think, you know, again, having that perspective, um, not fleeing from it, but then seeking God and saying, you know, how are you going to use this? Mm. Yeah. I know uh, Alistair Bag had a sermon series on the life of Joseph and he had four in particular were on lessons learned in the dungeon. And I just think, again, that, you know, we have to seek books like yours um, and the others like you had listed in, your, in the back, um, because they help us, again, see afresh how God can use this and that He is sovereign, and um, that hope that we have to look forward to.
3: Yeah. You know, you know I love the picture from the Isaiah and Jeremiah uh, of God being the potter. We being the clay, you know, we I have a I'm sitting in front of a of an etching my good friend of mine did uh, for me years ago, but it shows the potter and the clay mm. and you know we'd love that image we sing about I am the potter, I am the you are the potter, I am the clay, and we love the idea
4: mm-hmm. of
3: God being our potter, but most of us if we were told okay you have to be plopped down on this wheel and spun around at 500 rpms <laughs> and all of your rough edges be knocked off we're going to say you know could i take a pass yeah well not today thanks uh but that's 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 it i mean who could we trust more to mold our characters to to knock off those rough edges
2: mm-hmm.
3: than our loving father
2: i think it's important to um in the back of your book, which again I don't see this in many books, you actually actually have a scripture index. So you have all the scripture you have throughout the book indexed in the back. And I thought when I go back up I might even use that as part of my devotional, just work my way through those, look them up. But the power that scripture has again to spur us on. And I know when my dad was in hospice, um, I had scripture on the walls. And I think for our loved ones to put those reminders up so when we're not there, um, I found that really helpful for my mom, um, just, again, some of those reminders that she's not going to remember, but also to have the Scripture up so she sees those things on her mirror, um, by her door, by her nightstand, um, so that when we're not there, again, the Word is, is doing its job.
3: Hmm. You know, I had a friend once, she was talking about memorizing Scripture, and she says, you know, when I go to memorize Scripture, I just feel like a sieve. It just goes in and comes right out.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: And then she smiled and quipped, but I've never seen a dirty self.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's that wisdom that we love. (laughs) I wanted to read one of your prayers that you had. Um, This is the end of chapter four. I just thought this was really a beautiful prayer. It said, Heavenly Father, as I confront dementia... I am fully aware that there is little I can do to control the disease itself. I am thankful that my life is in your hands and that I can trust you. I pray that I will have wisdom to take advantage of the treatments you have provided, but I know they will not do anything unless you are in them. I am grateful that the ability to cure is in your hands, and if it be your will, I pray for that. If not, I pray for the ability to cope and that this dementia would accomplish your sovereign purpose for I know that you are loving and strong I pray this for my good and for your honor amen um, and again I love that in your book because sometimes I didn't know how to pray um, my mom doesn't know how to pray but I thank you for just the heartfeltness you put into this book because um, there was many times at night um, exhausted from the day that um, I just read those prayers, and it gave me peace. So I want to just thank you for that as well.
3: Well, thanks the Lord, not many.
2: (laughs) The other thing I thought was really unique in your book is that in your appendix, you have a note to your family, which there's no way I'm going to be able to read this, so I'm not going to. (laughs) But um, I just thought for some people here, as I've shared your book so many times, so many families don't want to talk about these things they've said we try to talk about it and they won't Hmm. but i i think this is one of those tools i said well just read it from this book um just try to share you know our story or other stories or get it started by reading this um so i appreciate again your being vulnerable and open and honest and um Just really, really, I I, I think, again, this is a good starting point that maybe people don't want to talk about some things, but maybe this is a good way to bring them up.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: You know, making end-of-life choices for someone else is always heart-wrenching and difficult. And the more direction we can give to their choices, uh, the easier it will be for them when there's Uh, decisions
2: have to be made Mm -hmm. i know that was the hard part for us because we had tried but things just got put off and then with my mom's dementia everything got hidden so things where i thought i knew where they were were no longer where they were (laughs) so yeah there's that double trauma of uh everything so Mm -hmm. i encourage people now i'm like yeah talk about these things um it's been interesting through this journey that uh, my new life verse is Isaiah sixty-five seventeen, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. And so I think that God in His graciousness, you know, all this stuff, none of this is going to come to mind later on. And that's a verse I've shared with my mom at times when she's been frustrated. Um, And uh, I just think uh, God is good, that if we we do this walk with him um, and rely on those who have that knowledge like you do, um, it's just going to make the journey so much more pleasant and we don't waste the suffering and give God the glory.
0: That's good. All right, Dr. Uh, John Dunlop. It was a absolute pleasure to have you on the program. But before we end, um, you know, this has been a very fruitful discussion, um, no doubt. But um, you know, speaking about dementia uh, is not the means by which God brings people to saving faith. But it's only through the gospel, through uh, through the words and through words and those who hear. So we always like to end with all of our guests with them sharing the gospel. So the floor is yours to to do so.
3: Oh, you know, God loves us, and we have failed, we have sinned, we don't deserve His love, Uh, and yet Jesus came as God-man, and He lived, and He died in our place. And all God wants us to do is just believe in Him, to trust Him, Uh, and God sends His Spirit into our lives. Our lives are totally transformed, and we are forgiven, and we are assured that no matter what happens on this earth, we will be with Him throughout all eternity in heaven. Mm -hmm. And that is so uh, reassuring as we look at these tough issues. Mm -hmm.
0: Amen, amen. Well, thank you again, Dr. John Dunlop, for uh, for coming on the program.
2: And uh, also, if you want to share with our listeners the exciting news that you told us um, before we got on the air about your book.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I just uh, heard from Crossway, the publisher, that it was released in Spanish. Oh, uh, there you go. Uh, recently. So uh, it's now available in Spanish. I don't speak
0: Spanish, so I can't tell you the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no worries. We'll we'll be sure to get it here at Bridge yes, Ministries. Definitely.
2: So we're so excited. When you said that I was just yeah, so excited. i already so. let
0: Steve know. He does he does the book orders, so uh, he's yeah. he's already on that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, sure. Um yeah and I just want to encourage our listeners to uh, go to Amazon be sure to um, to go to Amazon Smile put us we're a nonprofit ministry look at Bridge Ministries and some proceeds go to us when you make purchases on Amazon Uh, the link the link is in the description for that but please go get um, uh, Finding Grace in the Face of Dementia rather it be a gift or just for personal reading and uh, yeah now that it's in in Spanish uh, Mm -hmm. you pick up that one as well so um, thank you Dr. John Dunlop for for joining us and uh, yeah maybe we'll have you Back on the program again to talk about uh, two of your other books that we mentioned at, in the introduction.
2: Be
3: happy to do that. Bless you and your work.
2: Thank you so much.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, that wraps up this edition of Bridge Radio. How did you like the interview, Leanne?
2: I enjoyed it. I, you know, I just love hearing the authors themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I've read the book, I right. just love hearing their voice and you know their stories and so. Yeah, very, very,
0: very, very kind man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, guys. Yeah. Um, well, if this is your first episode that you've listened to Bridge Radio, thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Uh, we're on across all the major podcast platforms, like I said at the beginning, and uh, you could also listen to us through our Bridge app. There's a lot of Theological Goodness on their conference. Actually, Dr. Tim Trumpard's, uh conference for uh, from faith to faith or from faith to faith um, that we did here at the ministry on the on uh, Christian Life and the Reform Perspective is now up in audio and video. So you can check that out as well as Bridge Radio. But um, please, if you enjoy this podcast, please like, share, subscribe, and visit our website at org. And as always, we always end the program with one question. What is your only comfort in life and in death? that I am not my own, but belong body and soul and life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And we'll see you on the next edition, next episode of Bridge Radio. See ya.